Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church podcast. We love hearing about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how Velocity has made a difference in your life, send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now enjoy today's message. Well, Velocity Church, how are you guys doing this morning? You doing good? Glad to be here. Man, you guys look so good. I'm excited to be with you this morning. We are kicking off a brand new series of messages that's going to take us all the way up to Easter called Lost at Sea. And what we're going to do in this series as, is look at some epic boat stories in the Bible as we learn how to discover God's will for our life. And I'm curious, how many of you who are here today uh, would even admit and say that you've got some decisions coming up in the next, I don't know, few months that you could really use some wisdom on? Maybe Maybe it's a, uh, a job, maybe it's a move you're looking to make, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a school choice that you have, maybe it's all of the above and you're just like, I need a lot of wisdom in my life, Pastor. Uh, hopefully you can help me. Well, even if you don't have one of those big decisions coming up, I think all of us would agree that we would love to just have some wisdom and know that what we're doing this week or what we're doing this month or what we're putting our energies into is moving us towards God's plan for our life. Wouldn't you agree with that? Like, and if it's your first time here, one thing you need to know is that God does have a plan for your life. You can't come to church here very long without realizing that God has created you for a specific purpose, that your life is not an accident, that he has a plan and purpose for your life, that he has designed you to live for more. One of the most famous Christian verses is Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The, the problem is, is that even though God knows the plans he has for us, lots of times we don't, right? Would you agree with that? Like, God, I'm glad you know the plans, but if you could shed some light on your plans for me, I would really appreciate it. And What's even crazier is that even though we'd say, yeah, I don't know the plans and we would like to know the plans, scripture says that we can know the plans and we should know the plans. You can write this down, but in Ephesians 5, 17, Paul wrote, he says, don't be ignorant about God's will. In other words, you can know God's will for your life and you should know God's will for your life. And even if like you're here and you're not a Christian, like you're here and you say, yeah, I'm not really sure that I believe in God or want to live life the way he wants. I think most of us would agree that even if you don't want to live the way God wants you to live, you'd at least like to know what he knows. Like you'd at least like to know how to get the results that he can offer. And so if you felt any of those things before, well, that's what we're going to do in this series. If you felt ignorant about God's will or how to know God's will, this series is for you. We're going to learn some things together. And to begin, I want to start with what is the first ever recorded boat story in the Bible. And that, of course, was a boat piloted by our man Noah. Now, to be fair, it really wasn't a boat and Noah didn't actually pilot it. It was really just a box. Scripture calls it an ark. It didn't have any kind of compulsion system, didn't have a rudder, didn't have any sail. So by a technical definition, I guess we really can't call it a boat. And uh, he, he didn't really pilot it anywhere. It 
just kind of floated around. It was this box that was made out of cypress wood and it was covered in tar. And it was called an ark. And if you think about like in scripture, there was another thing that was called an ark where the Israelites put some sacred objects in, right? They put like the 10 commandments and a few other things in there. It's just a box that contains things. Well, that's, that's what this was. It was a box that was covered in tar and floated around. But within this story is really some great principles for you and I as we learn to navigate the decisions in our lives when the course isn't clear. And so what I'm gonna do today is give you four questions that I wanna encourage you to write down that you can ask yourself when you're trying to discern the will of God in your life. And this is gonna be so practical. This is probably one of the most practical messages I've ever preached. Like if you've ever wondered, how can I know if I'm making the right decision? Or how come I'm trying to make the right decision and I really have no idea which way to go? If you've ever wondered that, this message in this series is gonna help you. Now, Noah's, Noah's story begins in Genesis, uh, begins in Genesis chapter six, and we're gonna lift a few passages from there, but where I wanna start out today is by looking at a summary of his life in Hebrews chapter 11. So if you wanna turn there, if you wanna follow along, see it for yourself, it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse seven, and this is Noah's life in one verse. This is the tweetable summary of his life. And uh, this is what it says. Because Noah had faith, he was warned about something that had not yet happened. He obeyed and built a boat. I'm so glad the Bible calls it a boat. That saved him and his family. In this way, the people of the world were judged. And Noah was given the blessings that come to everyone who pleases God. Isn't that what we want? Like, in a nutshell... All of us who want to know the will of God, isn't it really these three things? To have insight into the future, to make decisions that are going to bring a blessing, to live in a way that pleases God. I, I think anybody that's desiring to know the will of God falls into at least one of these three categories or all three of these categories. To have wisdom for the future, make decisions that bring a blessing, and to live in a way that pleases God. Well, if you'd say yes to any of that, but I want to speak to you from this subject today, and I'm calling this message if you're writing down notes, and I'd encourage you to do this because it's really going to help you. I'm calling this message, take a rain check. Take a rain check. And you can uh, help me preach this a little bit. I need you to find two people, give them a high five, and tell them, take a rain check. Take a rain check. Some of you guys need to work on your high fives. <laughs> Look like you're missing a little bit there. Hey, let's pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and pray with me, and we'll ask God for his help as we get into his word today. God, we thank you so much for your word and for your truth. God, I'm thankful that every time we open up your word, you speak to us, and we're asking you to do it again today, God. Uh, we need your wisdom. We need your wisdom for today, you, your wisdom for this week, your wisdom for our life. And God, I'm asking that these words would be personal to the people here, that you would individualize them and personalize them, God. I thank you that you will. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, um, does anybody here like to paint? Anybody like to paint? A few of you? You can come over to my house later. And we'll put you to work. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, I was reading about all of Noah's building plans this week. But 
Uh, it made me think about my shortcomings in the area of home improvement. Uh, I, I said, because I'm not a painter, all right? Like, like, I'm not against you. If you like to paint, more power to you. I, I think that's awesome. I'm, I'm just not a painter. I'm not good at it, don't enjoy it, don't want to do it. Marissa, though, my wife, Marissa, she loves to paint, absolutely loves it. Now, I think it's because she has a secret love of overalls, honestly. <laughs> No joke, when I first met her, she had like 17 pairs of overalls. Uh, needless to say, her fashion sense has improved a ton since being married to me. And she's not here, so I can say all of this. Um, now, I, in her defense, it was the year 2000. So, I mean, five years earlier, she would have totally been in style with those overalls. But I'm just trying to say that she loves to paint. And uh, I remember the first time that she asked me to paint, because it was also the last time that she asked me to paint, uh, we, were, we had just bought our house and Marissa had this vision of customizing every room in our house, which of course meant that she had plans for me to help her paint our house. I remember coming home from work one day and she said, Justin, uh, I know the plans I have for you, plans of working and not of resting, plans to give you a paintbrush and a roller, now get to work. And um, I remember coming in and she's got like all of these paint splotches on our, our bedroom wall, that's where we were starting, and, and she asked me the question, she's like, which, which color do you like best? And because I'm a smart man, I said, well, which one do you like best? Uh, because I'm not gonna get into an argument with her on this. And, and she said, well, I, I kinda like the white one. And I said, yeah, I, I love the white one too. And she's like, well, well which, which one? And I said, that one. And she said, that's not white, that's eggshell. And I said, well, I mean that one. She says, no, that's fish bone. And I said, well, how about that? No, that's cotton. And it took about like 50 of these, like to, to, you know, crisp linen, to honey milk, to lily of the valley, to white pearl, to decorators white, to studio white, to paper white. I said, I, I, babe, just whatever you want. Like so many choices, like there's 50 different shades of, of white. Now, full disclosure, it was actually gray, but I changed it to white, because if I talk about 50 shades of gray in our bedroom, you're going to leave with a completely <laughs> different view of what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying, well, we'll say it was white. There, were, there was all these different colors of white. And, uh, you know, the, the truth is, following God is so much the same way, right? It's like, it's like you think, okay, I'm going to paint my bedroom white, but you didn't know that there's thousands upon thousands of shades of white. It, it's like, Okay, God, I know I'm supposed to serve you with my life, but should I serve you where I'm at in this current job or should I start this business that's been on my heart? Well, like, God, I know that I'm supposed to be a teacher with my life. I feel like you've called me to do that, but uh, where should I go to school? Because I have a scholarship here, but I really want to go to this school, but this school will be more expensive. But if I go to this other school, I could live with my sister and I already have some friends there. So God, where should I go to school? And God, like, like I know that I'm supposed to do all these things, but I, I just point me the right direction. Like, how do I, like, I know I'm supposed to raise my kids in your instruction and in your ways, but like, when should I have kids? Should we have kids now? Should we wait till next? Like, it just, it's just hard to know. It's hard to get an answer sometimes. And it's great when you talk about living for God, but the truth is there's all sorts of these decisions that you have to make. And lots of times it's hard to know which one we should make. Like it'd, it'd be nice if there was a map, right? Like Dora the Explorer. 
Anybody know about Dora? You have kids, you're gonna know about Dora. I'm so glad my kids don't watch that anymore. The only thing I liked about that show is when it was over. But um, like on Dora, you know, it's like Dora, when she gets stuck, her and her little monkey friend, like they, they call for this map and this map comes out, sings the dumbest, like the most unoriginal song I've ever heard in my life. And, uh, and then like points them in the way they're supposed to go. Like, it'd be nice if we had a map for life. And I know some of you are like, but Pastor Justin, we, we do have a map and it's called the Bible. And it even has its own song, the B-I-B-L-E. That's, that's the book for me. Like, stop it. All right, just stop it. Stop, like, I get it. Like, we, we have God's word. He can reveal his will to us through his word. I get it. But the thing is, I've lived and walked with God long enough to understand, like, there's not a chapter and verse for everything in our life. So what do you do then? Well, that's what we're going to figure out in this series. And that's why I wanted to look at the life of Noah today. Because Noah, he demonstrated this ability to follow God, to do God's will, to live by faith, to hear the will of God, to, to hear very specifically from God before there was a Bible for him to refer to. And God warned him about something that was gonna happen in his future, told him how to prepare for it. Noah made the decision that saved his family. And at the end of it, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And that's what I want for my life. And probably if you're looking to follow God, that's what you want for your life. Let's take a look at this scripture one more time. Hebrews 11, verse seven. It says, because Noah had faith, he was warned about something that had not yet happened. I wanna stop there just for a minute because it wasn't like God just gave him some insight about the future. Like what God told him had never happened ever in the history. Like he's talking about there's gonna be a flood. It had never flooded before. It had never rained. It's not like God showed up, you know, talked to Noah and he's like, hey, uh, Noah, uh, I want you to know this, but there's gonna be a flood. Oh, is that like the, the flood of 93? Man, I should probably build a boat. Like that's terrible. No, it wasn't like that. It, it was like God showed up on the scene Spoke to Noah, hey, it's like, hey, Noah. And I was like, wow, I'm just meeting you for the first time. And it's like, there's gonna be a flood. Okay, awesome. What's a flood? Uh, well, it's when water destroys everything. Cool. How's that gonna happen? Uh, well, it's gonna rain. Perfect. What's rain? Like, that's how this conversation, like, he had no grid, had no context for how this was gonna happen. And I'm bringing this up because what it tells me is, the reason Noah was able to do the will of God wasn't because he had so much wisdom. It's not like he had all this understanding and he, he, he had it surveyed in front of him. It's like, oh, this is gonna happen. I know what to do in this situation. No, that, that wasn't what enabled Noah to do the will of God. There was a different reason he was able to do God's will. And we see it in scripture. It's the very first verse in Noah's story. It's Genesis chapter six, verse nine. This is what it says. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with faithfully with God. Noah walked with God. I love this. And here's the first question that you need to ask yourself 
if you need wisdom in a situation, you need to ask yourself this question, am I walking with God? Am I walking with God? Now, it seems like a really obvious statement, but I'm telling you, there is so much power in this realization. Am I walking with God? And I love walking. I, I, I love walking. Truthfully, it's not so much that I love walking. I just hate running. That's the, the truth of it. I, I, you know, you never see in the Bible someone ran with God. That's because the devil invented it. I'm just like, <laughs> find me. A, is there a scripture that says somebody ran with God? No. Okay, think about it. Devilish. So anyways, it's not so much that I love walking. I just hate running. But, uh, but I, I do love walking. I mean, I, I like to, to go on long walks on the beach and walk by myself and I like to walk with my wife. I like, to, uh, I like to walk with my family. And really all I have to do is think about taking a walk with my family. And immediately I understand how Noah was able to do what he was able to do. Because like, have you ever thought about this? Whenever you're walking with someone, it's no stretch to engage with whatever that person is doing. Like occasionally, we haven't done it for a while because the weather's been colder, but as it's getting nicer, we'll begin to do this. Usually Sunday afternoons, I'll go on a walk with my boys. So the, the four of us, we're gonna walk. They like to walk in the woods. And um, so we'll go for a walk. And as, as we're walking, it's the craziest thing. It's not like they're running and I'm like, hey, come back here, kid. No, like as we're walking, what's happening is they're stopping and everybody stops. Because when you're walking with somebody, you wanna see whatever they're seeing. And when you're walking with somebody, you want to do whatever they're doing. And so when you're walking together, like, it's no stretch to engage with whatever that person is doing. So that's why Noah could do something crazy, like build a boat in a desert. Because when you're focused on walking with God, it's natural to do the thing that he's doing. So what was God up to when, God, when Noah was walking with him? He's doing his will. Because God is always looking to perform his will on the earth and in your life. Uh, so when you're faced with multiple decisions and you don't know what to do, the first question you should ask yourself is, am I walking with God? And I know I'm making this sound simple, but, but please understand that you can't do God's will if you're not walking with him. Like, like you, you can't, like it, if you're faced with a lot of decisions, and you know that you're not walking with God, it's foolish to think that you're going to do God's will. There was this guy in the Bible, his name was Amos. He was a prophet, which means God used him to speak truth to people. He said this, he said, how can two people walk together unless they agree? In other words, when you're walking with someone, when you're walking with God, you gotta have confidence that he is constantly pulling you toward his will. This is why it's so important to be around the right people. This is why it's so important to come to church. This is why it's so important to be in a group. This is why it's so important to go through growth track. Because as you're with the right people, you're just naturally gonna be engaged with what God is doing. You're gonna be engaged with his will for your life. In fact, let me free you up a little bit. I would tell you, it is actually harder to be out of the will of God if you're walking with the right people than it is to be in the will of God. 
So many times we're, we're freaked out, like, am I gonna make a wrong decision? But I would tell you, if you're walking with God, it's actually harder to be out of his will. So I, I know some of you hear that, and you're like, okay, well, that's great, Pastor, but that doesn't answer my question. Like, I've got some real decisions, and I am walking with God, and I still don't know what to do. Well, that brings me to the next thing I see in Noah's life, because when you read Genesis 6, what you see is that God gave Noah some real specific instructions. He didn't just say, hey, Noah, there's a flood coming, you know, figure it out. Hey, Noah, there's a flood coming, build a boat and call it a day. No, if you read Genesis chapter six, you see that he went into great detail about all that was involved in this. He said, make this boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Leave a 18 inch opening all the way around below the roof and around the boat. He says, put a door on the side, build three decks within this boat, a lower, middle and upper. He said, make it of cypress wood. He went into all this detail of everything that was supposed to be involved. And there were all these specific instructions. And I can tell some of you are like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Like if God would just give me some specific instructions, like I could totally do whatever it is I'm supposed to do. But I wanna use this to challenge you for a minute because it's after all these specific instructions we get one of the most powerful principles we can understand about knowing God's will. It's found in verse 22 of Genesis 6. It says, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Say everything. Say exactly. All right. So God said, hey, Noah, uh, I want to talk to you. And there's a flood coming, but... Here's what you gotta know. I need you to build a boat and here's all of the details on this boat. You need to make it like this, like this, like this, make this long, this high, this tall, bring all these animals, all of this stuff. So then Noah did exactly as he was instructed. And here's the question that you need to ask yourself. Is there a specific instruction I've been given that I haven't obeyed? Is there a specific instruction that I've been given that I haven't obeyed? See, one of the most overlooked aspects of following God is that God has already given us instructions and he's waiting on us to obey. Now, this isn't like the real popular part of knowing God's will, because I can tell some of you like, hey, look, preacher, I don't need you to tell me what I already know that I don't want to do. Like, I, I want to know what I don't know. But I can't tell you how many times I've, I've gone to God and I've been asking for wisdom, asking for guidance, asking for instruction. And you know what he wants to talk to me about? He's like, he's like hey, Justin, this is what he calls me. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, hey, Justin, you need to go apologize to your wife. I'm like, oh, yeah, but yeah, like, I need to know what to, like I've got this big decision coming up. It's like, yeah, but you were making fun of her overalls earlier. And like, you really need to go apologize to her for it. It's like, God, you don't understand. Like, like I, I, I need some, like I'm trying to save people here. I'm trying to build the, like I need some wisdom. It's like, no, what you need to do, see, cause I already told you like husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. Like, you know, love your wife like you love your own body. Like you need to do this first. See, and here's what, 
I'm hoping you see in Noah's story, is that the power wasn't in a piece of wisdom that Noah didn't have or he didn't know, but it was in obedience to the instructions that he was given. Get this, right? It didn't do Noah any good to know about the impending flood. You wanna know about your future? Hey, Noah, there's a flood coming. That's awesome. The power wasn't in knowing that there was a flood coming. Oh, and it's gonna rain. Okay, this, is what, this is what it's gonna look like. That wasn't the power. The power was in obedience to the specific instructions that God had already given him. That's what made a difference in his life. And lots of times when we're trying to follow God, what we think we need is more wisdom, but what we really need is more obedience. We think we need more insight, but what we really need is obedience. We, we, we think we need some kind of new perspective. We don't need new perspective. We need renewed commitment. We need fresh obedience. So let me ask you this question. When God gives you a specific instruction, do you obey it? Do you obey it? Because there's a whole lot of specific instructions that we're quick to ignore. And it's often the simplest commands, that simple act of obedience, that have the deepest and longest lasting results. So what's the specific instruction that God has been speaking to you about, even today? Well, what's he talking to you about with your family? What's he talking to you about with your finances? What, what's he talking to you about with your relationships? Well, what is he speaking to you about with your circle of influence? What's he speaking to you about with your church? Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that life is too big, your life is too big, to obey a simple instruction because you'll never outgrow the need for immediate obedience to God's instructions. And here's what you'll realize as you begin to obey these instructions that God has given you, that a lot of God's instructions are less about direction and more about protection. And here's the third question for you. Ask yourself, where's the protection? Where's the protection? See, so many times when we wanna know God's will, what we're looking for is direction. But what I've noticed is that being in God's will isn't as much about direction as it is about protection. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not suggesting that you're supposed to play it safe. In fact, if we can see anything about the life of Noah, what we see is that following God is not the same thing as playing it safe. Following God is all about embracing risk. We embrace risk, somebody. Hello, that's what we do here. I mean, is there anything riskier than building a boat when it's never rained a day in your life in the history of the world? Is there anything riskier when building an ark when you've never seen a flood? It, following God is not about playing it safe, but God's direction is about keeping you safe. It's risky to follow God when you're not sure where he's taking you. It's risky to trust God when you don't know how it's all gonna play out. 
But being in God's will is, isn't about direction, about protection. I'll show you this in scripture. In Genesis 7, verse 17, it says, for 40 days, the flood kept coming on the earth. And as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the surface of the water. So it doesn't say that Noah got in the boat and he set sail for the promised land. Had nothing to do with that. Getting in the ark was all about what God wanted to save him from. And so many of the instructions God has given you, it's not about the place he wants to take you. It's about what he wants to save you from. So it's not really about like, should I take this job or shouldn't I take this job? Oh, God doesn't want me to take this job. No, it's really about, he's about protecting your family. And he knows that if you take that job, you're gonna open up yourself to some things that you don't wanna be opened up to. Well, God, I, I, I wanna date this person. It's not that God doesn't want you to date that person. It's just that he wants to protect your heart. And he knows that if you date that person, you're gonna open yourself up to some hurt. He's trying to save you from that. It, it, it's, it's not about like, should I make this move or, or shouldn't I make this move? It's the fact that he knows the only reason you wanna make that move is because you're trying to outrun some problems. You're trying to leave some problems behind. And what you don't realize is he's using those things to build some strength in you. And before you make that move, what he wants is for you to have a support system in your life. See, it's, you gotta understand like God's will is it's about protection more than it's about direction. Not, not playing it safe, but keeping you safe. And that's the great thing about this story is because that's what the ark is a picture of. You get in it, you're putting yourself in God's hands. Have you ever thought about that? It doesn't mean that there won't be chaos in your life. There'd be chaos all around you. Everything was underwater. But it does mean that you can be protected while there's chaos going on. But I have one more thing to give you. And that's this question. Did I get confirmation? Did I get confirmation? Probably the most famous part of Noah's story is the rainbow. It's the sign that God put in the sky. And if there's one thing I've found from just talking with people as they're trying to discover God's will for their life and they're needing wisdom on a decision is that people are always looking for a sign. God, I wanna know what to do. Just give me a sign. And we try the stupidest stuff. I, I say we, but, but come on. I mean, I mean, you can admit it. Like when we want to know God's will, it's like, God, if, if it's your will that I quit my job, give me all green lights on the way to work today. And like, you don't even have a stoplight. You just have a stop sign. And you're like, it's, it's the Lord's will. God, God, if it's your will for me to date this person, have him say hello to me in class today. Like, like God, if it's your will for me to do this, like give me some kind of sign. And the problem with that is that it lets you off the hook. You're trying to put all the responsibility on God and you can't do that following God because God requires faith to follow him. It's unscriptural. And what you see in Noah's story is that God gave him a sign, but it was after he stepped out in faith. Can I tell you, that's how God leads. I've been walking with God for a while and I have never, never, ever 
had a situation where I've been perplexed about this decision and I'm saying, God, I don't know what to do. Give me a sign. And God gives me a sign and points me in the right direction. I've never had that happen. Now I know you have and you're more spiritual than me and that's awesome. Okay, I'll let you preach the next sermon. But I haven't. But what I have had happen is I've had something, a decision in my future. You know, for, for Noah, it was a thing he'd never experienced. It was rain. You know, for, for you, it might be a job. For you, it might be a move. For you, it might be a relationship. It might be a business decision. But I, I've had something in my future I didn't know, I've never experienced before, something new. Instead of asking God for a sign, here's what I did. I, I ran it through this checklist. I said, okay, am I walking with God? Yep, okay, I'm walking with God. That means that this, this decision and this opportunity and this desire, I'm believing that this is, God ordained. God wouldn't bring it across my path. He wouldn't put it in my heart if I wasn't walking with him. All right. is, is there a specific instruction God's already given me that I haven't obeyed? Has he been dealing with me about my finances? Has he been dealing with me about my relationships? Is there some unforgiveness in my heart I need to deal with? Is there something that I, I haven't responded to that he's already told me to do? Okay, no, I'm, I'm good there. All right, where's the... Where's the protection? Am I stepping outside of God's will by doing this thing? Or am I stepping into where I believe God's leading me? Okay. Run it through that filter. Then what do I do? After I've made the decision, not before, I've already decided. I'm moving toward, after I've made the decision, I'm looking for a confirmation. That's what happens in scripture. Let me read it to you. Genesis 9:13. Is that the end? There's been a flood, water's receded. God says, I've set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Now here's the interesting thing. Most of us think like, I would like some kind of sign like that, like something that's obvious to everybody. But I think it's so fascinating that God's sign was a rainbow. You know why? Because no two people can ever see the same rainbow. So you're like, no, that's not true. Like there was one time I was with my friend and we both, no, you didn't see the same rainbow, okay. Why? Because rainbow's all about perspective. Like it's your perspective of the sun shining through these raindrops, creating this prism of light. That's why you can never get to the end of the rainbow because it's always based on your perspective of where you're at. What that tells me is that rainbows are personal. So sometimes the way that God's gonna confirm it in your heart it's not gonna be obvious to everyone, but it is gonna be evident to you. It's gonna be personal to you. But that doesn't happen before, it only happens after you get in the boat. And that's where I wanna end. Because I really have one more question for you. And that's, are you in the boat or not? I said we can't call this a boat really, but we could call it a lifeboat because the definition of a lifeboat is a vessel that's used in an emergency to save people. That's exactly what the ark was. But more than the ark, it's a picture of Jesus because if you're in it, you live. If you're not in it, you don't. If scripture says if you're in Christ, you have life. First John five twelve 
It says, whoever has the son has life. Whoever rejects the son rejects life. And so I would just ask you, are you in, are you out? You know, you can't follow God's will for your life if you're not first in the boat. 